Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. I think we should begin this Wisdom Wednesday with taking a deep breath. Please. Let's do it. Inhale. Nice long exhale. Good. Relax your shoulders. Oh, oh. (laughs) What's happening? Did you hear that? A little bird just like ran into my door and now he's just. Is he okay? Is he stunned? I think he's just stunned. Let me check on him. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hi. Well, he's blinking his little eyeballs. So that's a good sign, right? He's conscious. What do I do? So I, I hear these stories a lot about how birds get stunned and they kind of just need a minute. So I, and this is what people suggest is putting them in a warm place, a warm, safe place. Like obviously it probably can't fly away right now. So somewhere doggies or kitties can't get it. Okay. Until it's able to kind of hop around and fly away. This is a good sign. Wow. That was serendipitous kind of timing. I mean, Right as we're trying to do a deep breath, just kind of ground, we get stunned. That's the metaphor. That's the wisdom for today. So let's try it again. Let's take a big deep breath in. Nice long exhale. Let's do it one more time. Relax your shoulders. Big deep breath in. Nice long exhale. Okay. All right, let's begin. Hey, everybody. Tessa and I are here again for Wisdom Wisdom Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, in case the beginning got edited out, which I hope that we leave in, we just, as I was trying to ground, it's so metaphoric for how today has been. We had a bird fly into the side of my, the slider door is glass and it's a slider window and we just got them cleaned. And so maybe the bird didn't see that it was a door, but he's doing well. I actually can see him. He's still sitting on this ledge. I've locked the pity party, the three pit bulls. I locked them in the house. So the bird is safe And um, I'm hoping that everything's going to turn out to be well. But the metaphor is that just when we want to gather ourselves, sometimes life just throws a (laughs) curveball or sometimes a bird. And I think it's, yeah, those moments is so interesting because just this morning I was doing my practice. I was trying to listen to my surroundings. And that's part of what I do to ground is 
I listen for the birds. I'm just taking all the sounds in. I go through all of the senses for a moment and then I can go into my meditative practice. But we can learn so much from nature, can't we? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. World's best teacher. Well, so, that your breath, I think. Yes. That, <laughs> is, that is a good one. We, uh, right before I hit record, we we're having this conversation about anxiety. And I think it's always a poignant topic to discuss because we seem to be going through a lot of it. <laughs> so yeah just checking in how's your week been Tess it's been you know it's been I was having this conversation with Jorge yesterday he asked me that question and as usual I gave him a full fledged answer of you know it was a good day and it also feels very frenetic and busy like I have all of these balls in the air that if I stop to take a break for myself that I will drop something. So there's this underlying current of anxiety or fear of failure. And that is this week disrupting my sleep. So definitely needs to be addressed because I need to sleep. (laughs) And so I've been thinking a lot today about this idea of less is more and how to You know, for me, I think a big lesson is to learn to say no, not to say yes to every single opportunity that comes my way, because I am blessed with a lot of opportunities that come my way, but also to be, to be really grounded in that and believe in myself and trust in my intuition when I, I know when to say yes. And I know when to say no. So yeah. What, how are you feeling? (laughs) Yeah, no, God, that's, I, I think it's just really landing for me because it's definitely a lesson that I continue to learn over and over. So I have this, I got this aura ring. I told you about it. Did I tell you I got an aura ring? I did, right? No? Can you tell me again? Because if you did, I, I want to hear. Yeah. So an aura, it's a O-U-R-A. This is not an ad, my friends. I wish it were, but it's not. It's basically an accurate sleep readiness and activity and activity monitor. It's I believe it works very similar to your watch, like if you have an Apple watch, but it basically provides, it's got sensory technology and it provides a very sort of like personalized data of your sleep, your readiness, how well you're sleeping, how many hours of REM sleep you're getting, how many, how much deep sleep, how much light sleep. I mean, it really tracks it. And again, I think this is something that a watch can do. I've never used the watch for it. I don't actually, I have a watch, an Apple watch, but I just use it for when I go on runs and I don't wear it all day. So mm-hmm. I believe it's similar to that, but I have found that since I got it and I've been tracking my sleep like a maniac, it's really helped me be kind of militant about my sleep. Whereas before you know me with my bedtime ritual routine, I'm in bed by like eight o'clock. I'm in bed by like eight o'clock at night. I'm like stopping myself. Everybody knows this. I go to bed at eight o'clock and I'm usually in deep REM by like nine 15. Mm-hmm. I wake up early. I love waking up early and I need to be able to get a good night's sleep. If I don't get a good night's sleep, prior to even having the data, I know that it's, it affects me. It affects my, my ability to be patient. It affects my ability to 
go for a workout, it affects my ability to concentrate and to focus. So I wanted to see if there was a way to get that data because after having COVID, I felt like my sleep got really messed up Mm -hmm. and I was feeling it. You know, sometimes, you know, that airplane sleep you get that feels really like unrested. I mean, you know this, you, you had jet lag, right? You know what it's like to be on an airplane for many hours and then try and, you know, recover from it. So after having COVID for many weeks after, I felt like I wasn't getting good sleep and it was causing me to feel really anxious. It was... Yeah, it was affecting my mood. I'm sure all of the side effects of COVID have something to do with it, but I just wanted I wanted to see exactly what was happening with my sleep. And I'd heard that this ring does a really good job at tracking. So so I got it. I got one and I've been using it for the past couple of weeks. And it's like every morning while Tori and I are having our breakfast, I'm like, I wonder how I slept last night. Let's check. And it's really cool, actually. I'll show you really briefly for those of you that are watching the video. So every day it updates and it tells you your readiness. Ooh, 91's optimal. So that's really good. So so that's also another reason why I wanted to go for a run this morning because I felt like I needed to. Um, my sleep last night was optimal. And it gives you, I don't know if you can see this, but it gives you kind of like a different, like a score. It's not focusing in, but all of those little graphs just tell you a lot of information that maybe for some people listening don't care. What was the (laughs) point of me going into this? Oh, the sleep. Yeah. Sleep is Uh, so important and like your ability to track it and receive data. I'm wondering, it sounds like it's helping you sleep better and feel more rested. Yes, it truly is. And it really depends on the type of person you are because Tori has terrible sleep and we've actually had to sleep separately at times just because Mm -hmm. his sleep is really interrupted. I wanted to get him one, hoping that it would maybe inspire him, but he's the type of person, if he sees the data, it really stresses him out. And if you're the type of person that's seeing data will stress you out, this is not the app or the product for you. For me, it's know the data because I'm a data super freak and I want to know exactly why something is working. And it also creates an incentive for me to continue to do what I'm doing and to just stay on a routine because it helps me. I also have a background of not having a routine because I traveled all the time. And so I know that in the long term, those last six years of my life prior to COVID, where I was traveling 80% of the year really affected my health. And so the last year and a half, I've been trying really hard to focus on restoring myself, rebalancing my hormones, like just getting back into sync with my body. And I feel like this is really helping. And yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's so nice to have tools like this that help us, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, this is a tool that helps you get better quality of sleep, which relates to better quality of life, making better decisions, being more patient, better relationships. Yes, (laughs) I am in the camp of Tori where sometimes I don't, I wouldn't say that it freaks me out as much as I look at the data and I'm like, oh, well, that can't be right because I don't feel rested. And so I'm kind of a negative Nelly about it. (laughs) Like Tori, very similar. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So I always, I think I, 
because I worked in a tech startup industry for a while, I know that there's like a margin of error with things of this nature. And I just have always find myself wondering about the accuracy. Technology has come a long way. So it's probably a very small margin of error. But I think at the end of the day, what matters is that you feel good. You feel yeah. rested. So that's, if it's yeah. working, it's working. It's almost, uh, I was just talking about this the other day with a friend of mine because she said, oh, it's like the placebo effect. And is there really a placebo? A placebo, it's working. If something's working, whether it's a placebo effect or not, doesn't, doesn't challenge matter. it. Yeah. It, it doesn't challenge the efficacy of something working or not working. Exactly. Yeah. So if it works, it just, I mean, like our, ability to sit still and meditate. That's another tool. Is it technology? You could call that a technology of sorts. It's an ancient technology, but it works for us, you know, to decrease anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. And on to our topic of the day. And as I'm sitting here thinking about what I want to talk about, what I think we should discuss I would really love to hear your take on this. Um, Recently, I'm reading this book by Tabitha Brown. It's called Feeding the Soul, and it is so good. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we can get her on the show because the book is incredible. And if you have not read it, Tess, definitely get it. It's I have both the hard copy and the audible version. And she gave a quote that I love so much. It's a Nina Simone quote, and she, which says, you've got to learn to leave the table when love's no longer being served. And right. Yeah. So good. I mean, it's almost like that's the ethos for radically loved, right? Mm -hmm. Part Mm -hmm. of being radically loved is loving yourself enough to know when love is no longer being served and having the courage or having the empowerment to get up from that table and move on. Mm-hmm. I just have to take that and take a deep breath for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's my life lesson right there. <laughs> I still resonate with that in so many ways. And we were talking about this before we started to record about how we're so quick to blame ourselves for things that might go wrong. Like there's this knee jerk reaction when we feel like we've missed something at work or something suddenly comes into our awareness that needs a solution or needs to be fixed or needs our attention. We're so quick to blame ourselves for being the one that fucked it up. Right. So in terms of like, we have to know when to leave the table, you know, when love is no longer being served, it just always comes back to ourselves. What kind of relationship are we having with ourselves? How are we speaking to ourselves unconsciously, consciously? What is that narrator inside of your head telling you about yourself all day long? The roommate, the roomie. The roomie roomie in your head. Yeah. Mine's really judgmental. Oof. Yeah. So it's not super nice in there all the time. And yeah. I, it really is a practice of being like, Hey, I'm getting up now and you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap or something. Yeah. Um, which is actually what I ended up doing today. Oh, perfect. Saying. That is a perfect, 
perfect example of what to do when you're wanting to just nourish your body, your health, your spirit, your mind. One other thing that Sherry Salata in her book, The Beautiful No, also talks about this advice that she got from Abraham Hicks one time that with regard to the roommate, the narrator in your brain that's constantly going instead of indulging a negative thought pattern or some piece of judgment that might come in or insecurity is to say, that's not helpful or not helpful. No, thank you. Not helpful. Mm -hmm. So to be able to say, no, thank you. Not helpful. I just say not helpful, not helpful. Like it comes in and I'm like, nope, not helpful. And then I can just sort through and move on. I think that's a better way of navigating the assertive nature of the narrator of the mind to be able to say, okay, this is not serving. This is not serving me. And just going back to the love being served, I think what's difficult is when you're in a relationship that's working, where everything is going well, it's hard to discern that when it happens over time, because we become conditioned by, oh, I didn't get, the love wasn't being served today. They're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Oh, the love's not being served. It's been a month. It, they're having a bad month. They're having a hard time. Six months in, nothing has changed. A year in, nothing has changed. Five years in, nothing has changed. At that point, that's a you problem. That's not a they problem. That's a you needing to get up and either have a conversation with this person or figure out why you feel the love is no longer present. You know, either the interaction is not there, the communication is not there, the connection is not there, all of those things especially with regard to being in a relationship, they're all a practice, right? We have to practice being in a relationship. Can't just expect people to be at our beck and call and and always acquiesce to our needs and desires when they're ready. You know, it's it's a two-way street. And if you're not contributing to a relationship, you're contaminating the relationship. And so if you're able to really pull back and observe what is happening maybe this is what's causing your anxiety. Maybe this is part of something bigger that you're going through and it's all okay. Nobody's wrong. It's just a matter of recognition and a matter of awareness. And then what you do with that awareness that matters. Yeah, that's so helpful. I love that so much. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation. They also have original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. My latest Audible binge is We Were Never There by Andrea Bartz. It's also one of Reese's book club picks. And for those of you that know me, you will not be surprised that it is a mystery thriller full of suspense. This book is such an intense novel. There's so many 
twists and turns, I highly recommend if you want something new to listen to. As a new member, you will get one credit every month good for any title in their premium selection. That means the latest bestseller, the buzziest new release, the hottest celebrity memoir, or that bucket list title that you've been meaning to pick up. Those titles are yours to keep forever in your Audible library. For new members, you can always try Audible for free for 30 days. So start your new listening binge now. Head over to audible.com forward slash loved or text loved to 500-500. That's audible.com forward slash L-O-V-E-D or text L-O-V-E-D to 500-500 and get your 30-day trial for free. If you're on a mission to be the best gift giver this year, it's never too early to start crossing off your list. Whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, or your besties, Uncommon Goods makes it easy to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Uncommon Goods wants your holiday season to be stress-free, so check out their selection of thousands of items today. Here are a few of my favorite gifts that I've found on their site. And I'm only sharing this here because I know that the people I got these gifts for don't listen to my podcast. That might be a problem. Maybe it's a requirement. You have to listen to the podcast in order for me to get you a gift. But I digress. So if you go to uncommongoods.com, You can also look at gifts specific by price, which is something I like to do because I like to be very equal to everybody. I don't want to overspend on one and underspend for another. So some of the holiday gifts include the Make Your Own Personal Fruit Pie Kit, which is $40, the Nevertheless She Persisted Puzzle, which I really liked, and I got one for myself as well. But my favorite gift to give this year, I know, will be the following. One of my dear friends is celebrating a recovery birthday around the holidays, and I'm creating a special custom message shortbread cookie tray. You can personalize your cookies for anyone you want or if you just want to congratulate them. Who knows what holiday shopping will look like this season and the unique gifts at Uncommon Goods can sell out fast. So shop now and get it taken care of early if you are like an overachiever like me. No matter what they're into, Uncommon Goods has the perfect gift from art to jewelry to something from the kitchen, home, garden. It has something for everyone. So it's not the same lackluster gifts that you could just find anywhere. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the USA. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So get 15% off of your next purchase. Go to uncommongoods.com forward slash loved. That's uncommongoods.com forward slash loved. You'll get 15% off. Don't miss out on this very limited time offer, uncommongoods.com forward slash loved. As a health coach, it was always a struggle to try and find the right app to recommend to my clients. I wanted to find an app that not only taught nutrition and fitness habits, but also created new ones so that my clients stayed motivated. Enter MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal isn't a rigid diet plan. Instead, you gradually learn from personalized data that works for you. And if your version of healthy looks different from mine or someone else's, that's okay. 
The whole point is helping you find the best path for your goals. If you're wanting to go the extra mile, check out the MyFitnessPal Premium Membership. The Premium Membership gives you custom tools and expert guidance to help you reach your personal goals. My original motivation to using MyFitnessPal was to improve my mood. I was kind of having a little bit of a lull, low lull low lull. And I know that it had to do with my food choices at the time. I was really consuming a lot of sugar and it was leaving me feeling really depleted. And so when I started to track all of my foods on my fitness pal, it helped me see exactly what was going on. And not only did it give me recommendations, it also provided nutritional plans so that I can have a deeper understanding of what was going on. And if you're like me and you need extra support, you're not alone. You have access to guided daily workouts and meal plans written by dietitians and exercise scientists, plus support from other members with shared goals and experiences. My Fitness Pal does way more than just count calories. Get the support you need to meet your health goals. Unlock all the amazing things My Fitness Pal can do just like I did. Start your premium membership today. Go to loved.myfitnesspal.com and use the code LOVED to get a one month premium membership for free. That's loved dot M-Y-F-I-T-N-E-S-S-P-A-L dot com code loved for a free one month premium membership loved dot myfitnesspal.com. I think it's, it's such a nice reminder too, as someone who started out, this for me always comes up in romantic relationships. I started out in an early it was about 14 when I had my first long-term monogamous relationship and it was so codependent and it was always like, I can see the potential in this person. You know, there's so much potential. If only uh, they would do X, Y, and Z and could just see that for themselves. I have to show them, I have to show them that they can do X, Y, and Z. And, and then, you know, we'll have our fairy tale and we'll ride off into the sunset together. And it took me six years to learn that lesson with this particular person. And, you know, they say a lesson is repeated until you learn it. So I feel like I still see flavors of that. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can be friendships. It can be work-related. It can be with your family, your parents, your siblings. So that's such a nice reminder for me to, to... there's an essence of staying on my side of the street with my stuff, right? There's an acknowledgement of, okay, I'm showing up in this way. And that is that person's stuff to deal with. And can I hold space? And I wonder about this too, with, with you, Rosie, like, what would your advice be to somebody like me? Who's like, how do I have empathy and also leave the table? How do I love this person and also leave the table and love myself? How do I create that safe boundary between me and this person who I love, but this relationship isn't serving us anymore. Yeah. That's a really great, it's a really great question. And I think it depends. (laughs) It's nuanced, right? (laughs) It is absolutely nuanced. And I think it just, we think of leaving the table as I'm leaving this relationship Mm -hmm. or I'm leaving, I'm leaving you. So it feels a little bit harsh and like a rejection And in some cases, that's what's necessary, but not in all. We don't just throw people away. And I think that's where the nuance comes in. Just because I'm leaving the table doesn't mean I'm leaving the room. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm leaving the house. 
it purely means that I'm setting a boundary, that I am reassessing my interest in sitting here with you because it's not serving my highest good. So it really is a matter of respecting the other person. It's a matter of them respecting you. It's a matter of acknowledging your feelings and expressing yourself. And in some cases, other people don't allow for that to happen, at which case then you need to leave the room, but you don't need to leave the house, right? So it really just depends on what your, it's not across the board one answer. What I will say across the board is that you need to know what your values are. You need to know what you're willing to do to make this relationship better. And you also need to be open to understanding somebody else's feelings and being able to acknowledge room and space for their truth as well as yours, because it may not be in alignment. And that doesn't mean that you you have to lack compassion or empathy. It just means that you need to really pay attention closely in a very mindful way and not try and fast forward through the discomfort because it's very uncomfortable. And most of us want to hit the fast forward button anytime we feel discomfort. And if you do this over time, it becomes easier. However, most people don't have these types of conversations. Most of the time, we rather sit at the table while love is no longer being served and be served shit sandwiches all day long. And we're just going to sit there because we'd rather be in the unease of eating a shit sandwich than the discomfort of actually getting up from the table and, and setting a boundary and saying, absolutely not. I respect that. Anytime somebody upholds their value and sets a boundary, I respect that. I feel that it takes a lot of courage for people to speak their truth and to be able to be in a position where somebody's expressing their feelings. I know how hard it is because it happens to me as well. And so I can empathize with that. And until you can empathize with that, I think it will be daunting to have to walk up and leave the table. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Then there's this other layer of nuance that comes into play, at least in my mind, where it's like, okay, I've made this decision that I'm going to have this conversation. I'm going to create a line in the sand, or I'm going to have a boundary that I'm going to set. Then speaking of sitting in the discomfort or being willing to go through the discomfort of that conversation usually it's accompanied by this very strong emotion that sometimes feels like I can't control it. Tears, shouting, maybe like a visceral full body physiological response. And we don't often have, I mean, maybe some of, some of us out there are really lucky that have strong role models, parental figures in their life that modeled how to move through conversations like that. And being able to show up with all of their emotions in a healthy way. I didn't really have that. (laughs) So I show up with all this emotion and it scares the shit out of me. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even trust myself right now. 
to sit in the discomfort of this conversation. And, you know, I'm scared of my tears. I'm scared of getting mad and, and yelling. In essence, I'm, you know, scared. I'm scared of my power. Right. So what do you then do? what? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, <laughs> well, initially I'm thinking, oh, this is the other person's reaction. You can't control their reaction, but you can control yours. Now, what you're saying is what happens when you can't control your reactivity or your yeah. emotions. Yeah. I go straight to the source. Why are you at the point in your life that you've basically depleted yourself of the energy to be able to stop yourself from doing that? So you look at the life as a whole. Are you not practicing? Are you not sleeping? Are you overstressed? Are you overextending yourself? Because those are the things that compound into that reactivity. Also, if this is something that's happened repeatedly and you finally have just had your fill, you're like, I can no longer deal with this particular situation that I become explosive and I don't trust myself to not fly off the handle. I also will add that for women, we also are hormonal at times and it makes it even extra. It sometimes adds an extra element of the reactivity. I think most of us know, and it comes from that old school mentality of if you don't have something nice to say it, then maybe don't say it. Or if you don't have something nice to say, keep it to yourself. I don't necessarily, I feel like there's a little bit of stifling the voice, especially for women. And I don't like that. I'm like, women should be able to express anytime, however they want. And it just really depends on the type of dynamic you have with the other. It could be a friend, could be a parent, could be your partner. Sometimes those feelings need to come out and you need to be able to be angry and say the things and, you know, the litany of fucks and all of that sometimes are necessary. In my opinion, they need to be expressed. Now, do they need to be directly expressed to another human? No, they can be directed at the air. They could be directed um, pen on a page. They could be directed in a voice note that maybe you don't send. It can be directed in many other ways, but I'm a big fan of allowing the cycle of that emotion, you know, this to have its full revolution, its ability to just move through. The practice then comes in as yogis or as meditators or as mindful people to pause before you let that part of yourself take over. It's like being possessed. <laughs> like Tori will say like, oh, you got the demon inside, you know, to me, whenever I get explosive like this, because believe it or not, it does happen <laughs> more often than I'd like to admit, but I'll be the first person to call myself out. I am a flawed individual. And I do have those moments where I just, it's almost like I just can't stop. It just comes out. And immediately once it comes out, I feel like an asshole and I feel terrible. And of course I apologize, but it really depends on where I'm at as a whole, because I've had moments where I've felt the same charge and I just let it dissipate. And I say, oh, there you are again, my rageaholic friend. And you are clearly very upset. And what we're going to do with you is we're just going to allow you to have your moment. And, you know, imagine like you're at the Grand Canyon and scream your heart out and yell and throw a tantrum or do whatever it is that you need to do. And then come back here and we can take a breath 
and it's all going to be fine and it's all valid and it's all beautiful and it's all part of the human experience. I try my best to not allow that to happen, but just coming back to your point, how do you keep that from happening is you just remain hyper vigilant and hyper aware. It's a build. The thing we don't notice is that that emotional explosion is a build. Holding your breath. What are you doing? You're holding your breath. Your shoulders are coming up to your ears. You're in your mind and you're not thinking about right now, what is happening right now in this tangible present moment. You're in your head. You're thinking about all the things. You're replaying a scenario. You're bringing up all the old files and you're going through and you're remembering all the things. Your mind is going to corroborate what the body feels. So a good way to biohack that is to hack the body. Relax your shoulders. Take a big, deep breath. Take 10 if you need. And then see if you still feel the same charge. I guarantee it will have dissipated at least 30%, if not more. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the tools that you also mentioned. I've done this in the past, the when I don't trust myself to have the conversation in the presence of another, write it down, write a letter, let the rage out on paper, yep. take it out, maybe sitting in a car with the windows up, screaming at the top of your lungs, hitting the steering wheel. Uh, if you have an old chair that you've been meaning to toss in the backyard bonfire, <laughs> go light that, that shit up. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> And also on the subject of journaling, you can burn that shit up, yes. you can light it up and literally burn it to, to cinder dust. So those are all practices that I definitely have tried and they're true. And also there are times like last night at 3am in the morning when the mind races and I just can't seem to get past the physiological response of I feel like I'm going to jump out of my goddamn skin right now. Yes. <laughs> I went through a full 35 minutes of yoga nidra and I felt my shoulders relaxed. You're probably right. Maybe like 30% of relaxation was mm -hmm. able to wash over me, but still in a heightened state and not able to go back to sleep. So, but I think it's true. You know, what we practice, what we put our attention towards becomes easier yeah. and we build new neurological pathways that yes. way. You said something that's so key. You said my mind was like racing. You know, you're up at 3 a.m., which means your liver was working and liver is associated with the emotion of anger as well. So interesting. I would I would be curious. I'm like, what'd you have for dinner? Like, what was, did you have some wine? Like what is happening at that time just biologically? The other thing, and you don't obviously have to answer that. That's like your business. But I'm just saying like, as somebody who is always investigating these types of scenarios, if you want a quick remedy when you're in that position, in that instead of doing yoga nidra, you can do like listen to binaural beats or something that's going to balance the left and right hemisphere of the brain. Or you can tap right, left, right, left and do like um, almost like rapid eye therapy. You know, like you're tapping your right leg, your eyes go to the right and then tap the left leg and then your eyes go to the left and just kind of go back and forth. And what that does is it gets you out of, it's the same thing we do in yoga, right? When we do opposite leg, opposite arm, why do we do that? To balance the sides of the body, to balance the brain, the nervous system. Yeah. And it brings you into the present moment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to be thinking about 
old traumas when your left leg is in the air and your right arm is extended and you're trying to I'm not, not saying that over. okay, I'm not <laughs> saying that doing alternate opposite leg opposite arm is going to solve your trauma. I'm just saying the body is a miracle conduit for moving forward. We can utilize it's what I always say during teacher trainings. Let's reverse engineer it. What is the result that you want and how do we walk it backwards to get there? Okay, I know that if I am holding my breath, didn't get enough sleep, I'm crabby. The dogs were barking all night, so they kept me up. And I wake up, and I wake up later than normal, and Tori is up before me, and he tries to show me something on the computer. I'm going to have a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Number one, because he knows not to have a conversation with me until I've done my practice. And number two, because I don't look at screens until I'm fully awake and part of this world. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be in that clear space. So even knowing that, I find myself putting it on somebody else. Like you should expect this from me where I'm taking away my responsibility and I'm still a very capable young woman (laughs) and I can choose to not have that reaction because maybe he's excited or there might be a good reason for him to do that. And like, why am I so rigid anyway? Right. So I have to really pull from that reservoir of many years of practice. That's the thing. We practice because we garner this reservoir of awareness, of wisdom, of knowledge to be able to use in moments like this. I know it sounds a little bit innocuous of me talking about, oh, that morning time, but I think it's all part of the same schooling. We're in the school of being a human. And unless we can find what works for us and different ways to establish new neurological pathways, new patterns, new habits, we're going to continue to repeat the same cycles over and over. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I don't really like mic drop. I'm just (laughs) observing it and reminding myself of all of those things that are just so very true that it's easy to forget when we get stuck in our head. Yeah, look, it's easy for me to forget. I can sit here and be recording Wisdom Wednesday, but I'm telling you, like I I teach what I need to learn. And exactly. if we can all come from that place of acknowledgement and awareness, then I think that we can continue to evolve and hold each other up as equals as opposed to thinking that somebody's better than the other or I'm doing the work and you're not. That means my opinion matters more. My feelings matter more. Absolutely not the case. So that is my wisdom Wednesday uh, little nugget for today. Thank you. I feel like (laughs) I just went through a nice, lovely therapy session. (laughs) So not uh, just so you guys know, I'm not a therapist, but I do do some life coaching, but I'm not doing coaching anymore. I don't even know why I said that. Sorry, guys. It's like, yeah, I do life coaching, but I'm not doing life coaching at the moment. But Tessa does. Tessa is uh, incredibly, (laughs) incredibly talented and very gifted, certified holistic health coach. She's a master yoga teacher. So if anybody wants to do some private work with her, she is available. I think. That's true. Yeah, I am. Okay, great. Okay, great. <laughs> 
That being said, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for another Wisdom Wednesday. We have some special treats coming up for Wisdom Wednesday. Those of you that reached out to us, we've not forgotten. We're just trying to coordinate and your questions are coming in and let's see how it goes. At this point, I think all submissions will keep all the emails that we have and we'll start to kind of sort through. But what we asked people to do a couple of weeks ago is to send an email to info at radicallylove.com for an opportunity to come on the show with us with a question that they may have or they may be struggling with and seeing how Tess and I can Wisdom Wednesday their issue. So I will see you guys on Friday and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. We love you. Have a great Wisdom Wednesday. That's all I got. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.